matter of time, I suppose. Welcome to Watchmen Minute, where we take a look at the director's cut of Zack Snyder's Watchmen one minute at a time. My name is Travis Bowe from the Real Comic Heroes podcast. I'm Eric Nash. And I'm Jordan D. White, editor at Marvel Comics. Hey, Jordan. Thanks for coming on with us. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, I, I'm very interested to be here. I'm very nervous to be here. Um, I, If it's all right, I'll mention that... Uh, the reason I'm here is because I was talking online about how much I absolutely hate every single thing about this movie. <laughs> um, and I joked with Pete, the retailer, hey, I should do a Watchmen Minute because he always is trying to get me to do a minute, my own minute thing. Sure. Um, I, I should do Watchmen Minute where I just the entire time I'm talking about how awful it is and how much I hate it. And then he was like, I'm sure the guys at Watchmen Minute would love to have you and, and <laughs> hook this up. <laughs> And that was um, a long time ago, so we, we've been uh, – it's been a long time coming. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I will say I'm very trepidatious to be here mm. um, because I do hate this movie a lot. Sure. And, um, I, and, and I'm nervous because I don't want to be I, – I don't know what the policy is on swearing. Oh, go for it. Okay. I don't want to be a total asshole. <laughs> um, <laughs> But but it's it's going to be difficult, and here's the reason is because it's because uh, and I don't want to get too much into my history with Watchmen, but I love Watchmen so much, the book. I love it so much that when I saw the movie, I, I hated it so much, and it gets very. I, I, it's it's a, it's a pure emotional reaction. I I have intellectual justifications for why I hate it, and I have reasoning behind it, and I have all these things. But if you if you move all that aside, what you're going to find is that it's really a pure emotional reaction at its core and it gets very heated and it's easy to just get really worked up mm. and it's also easy to say really mean things <laughs> about the people who made the movie and and i don't know how much you guys well, you guys are doing a thing where you watch every minute of it so i'm assuming you like it a little bit yeah okay yeah. <laughs> so i'm gonna do everything in my power to to not not say that you're a fool to like it or anything <laughs> like that i'm gonna try hard but i really hate it Okay. Well, that's then that's that's a valid, you know, that's a fair opinion to have and feeling and uh, you know, and we will we will be nice to you still. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Unless I unless I deserve to not be nice to. And if so, please go for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, if if you're just a real dick, you know, then maybe the maybe Skype the Skype connection just goes bad and and we just lose the call. <laughs> I mean, if you listen, if you want, oh, maybe I'll start off. Okay, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna. Uh, here's what, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna say the meanest thing. I'm gonna say the thing that I hope will be the meanest thing I say. Okay, and then I can, then I can go. But now, now I'm a nice person after this. One of the things I've always said about this movie is that it's like having a really in-depth conversation about Watchmen the book with an idiot who didn't get it at all. <laughs> Ow, that hurts. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. See, I'm, this is why I'm afraid of <laughs> I mean, it would probably be Zack Snyder, but that's fine. Does the idiot think he gets it? But oh, it? yeah. That, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. That could be bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. He thinks he really gets it. He loves it. He's like, right. oh, we both love it. It's going to be great. Let's talk about it. And I'm like, no, no, that's not what it is. Okay. All right, well, let's get into it. <laughs> yeah, let's let's see what we can, you know, do this week. And, uh, you know, um, well, first off, uh, minute 111 starts with Lori eyeing 
Night Owl's goggles and ends with Dan making a metaphor about goggles. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so one of the things I'll say about this movie is, um, oh, geez, there, uh, I'm sure over the week I'll be getting into a million reasons why I, I don't like it. But um, here's a reason that this format isn't actually the best format for talking about why I don't like it. And it's because... When you break this movie part, one of the flaws of the movie is that when you break down all the details of it in a vacuum, a lot of the details seem okay. Mm. Um, it is so focused on trying to recreate things from the from the book and uh, capture this and that exact thing and and you know get in into the minutia. So when you do break it down minute by minute, like there some of the stuff in the individual minute, you're like, yeah, this is fine, and it's only kind of when it all adds together that I'm like, no, you know what? It, it, I, I was wrong. It isn't fine. It isn't fine at all. Um, so I, so, I was, so that's me just saying, here's, this is, this is not the, the best <laughs> format for talking about why it's not good. Um, this minute in particular, it ends with the metaphor about uh, goggles. Like you said, everything is clear as day. Mm-hmm. Um, when he puts, you know, it doesn't matter how confusing everything is when he puts on those goggles, everything is as clear as day. And, from what I could tell, that's like the only bit in the minute that is exactly from the uh, book. That line is pretty exact. Uh, sure. The rest of it is very loosely interpreted. Very loosely interpreted. Um, yeah, it, it does take liberties with uh, lines of dialogue that happen in different places. Like, I think she's when she says the line about nobody's watching you, I feel like that's as they're heading up the stairs um, kind of leaving this, the basement. So yes, yeah, they've yeah. moved that little bit, you know, and, um, and then that happens throughout the movie, little, little bits of dialogue here and there get, uh, get moved around. Also, they, they do the thing where they update the goggles a lot. Um, oh, sure. Which I, I understand on one level, but on the other level, I am like, but it's, it's a long time. It's, it's it was meant to be a zillion years ago. Like, <laughs> Why do they have computer goggles? All right, fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not a fan of the the costuming in the movie. Oh, really? I'm not. Now, part of that though is because now listen. Here's the 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 most common criticism of the movie. The the one that every single person who's not a big fan of the movie says is the book is about comics and it's not adaptable well to movies. Uh, and I and I agree with that to a large degree. And the costuming co- goes along with that. You know, co- comic book costumes in comic books are I mean, I'm just going to say it. They're silly. Uh, they, 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 they would look dumb in real life. That's why every comic book movie that exists, they have to do a lot of changing of the costume. Sure. I mean, even Spider-Man, which is a relatively straightforward costume, you know, they, they always do a lot to it to go, well, it's not just, he's not just wearing spandex. That would right. be crazy. Right. Um, and in this movie, in this movie in particular, I didn't, I liked, I didn't like them even more. That, that being said, I, like I'm not the world's biggest fan of a lot of cos- costumes in comic books, um, in comic book movies. I'm sh- I should say sure because a lot of times they walk that line where they try to you know be as as much like it as possible, but then also go, but it has to still work. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it ends up with this weird sculpted like rubber suit situation. And I definitely sure. I'm not a big fan of the way that looks. Mm. It doesn't look practical in any way. Uh, it just looks it looks movie silly instead of comic book silly. And yeah. I guess that's fine, except I, I prefer comic book silly. So I think with Night Owl here, if they because they, obviously they were it's very reminiscent of the, the Batman costumes and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
uh, Batman Begins Batman costume. I think had they developed something for Night Owl that was more that was closer to what they you know made a point of doing with Dark Knight Batman outfit, you know, with the everything's more movable and you know allows him to move a lot better. You know, that could have been a, a good way around it, but I think, you know, th- these would have been you know, in production around the same time. So like it's, they, it's they so couldn't... sculpted. Yeah, yeah. That brow, that hard, hard brow. And actually, also, so they, they made a weird choice. Um, and so in the comic, and, and this isn't even a comic was better than the, the book situation, but this is just me talking about the differences. Like in the comic, when he takes the goggles off of the mask, uh, there's nothing there. You know what I mean? There's just this empty space where the goggles would go. Um, mm. And I can understand that that's not particularly practical to do in real life. But I will say, to me, the fact that there's like a pretty much solid face mask that he just puts the goggles on top of, he doesn't do it in the scene. He doesn't wear the goggles in the scene. But when, when he's actually wearing the goggles, I think he looks really silly. <laughs> oh, really? Like it, I think it changes the shape of the face too much. And his nose looks too short. Kind of like as much as, again, I, I, I shouldn't, I'm not bad-mouthing my own company stuff. But I sort of <laughs> feel like Daredevil, the, on the Daredevil TV show, the same sort of thing happens where his mm. nose ends up looking too short because they move his brow down so yeah. far. Yeah, I, do, I know what you mean there with the, <laughs> the, with the Daredevil nose. It does seem a little squished. Right, right. Yeah. And I feel like when once the goggles go on him, uh, that uh, that is the case, too, especially because they're, they're also like weird uh, angled goggles. Uh, so it, 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 they don't look they, they, they change the shape of his face a lot. Sure. Which is very strange. I think I do wish that the goggles looked rounder, more owly yeah. um, like they do in the book. Um, yeah. Um, back to uh, she says, you know, the line about no one. Nobody's watching you. Um, kind of in reference to the last last week, we you know she's saying about him having a secret identity, and mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. obviously saying something like "nobody's watching you" works on a few levels. You know, she has been spending you know years with John, and and you know the government is monitoring them and keeping keeping them you know under their thumb basically, and she's talking specifically about like his secret identity and. And I think maybe she's feeling a little jealous because she's had such a public life uh, with her mother before her time with John. So um, then, of course, it's in something like Watchmen and the core concept of who who watches the Watchmen is a nice little callback to this idea of no one watching you because of your secret identity. Yeah, she's the one who doesn't really want to do it the most. Like she... She didn't choose this life. It was thrust upon her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so she didn't want to be a, a celebrity in that respect, really. And she doesn't she didn't like being under the under the eyes of the government for the last mm-hmm. however many years. Every move she made being watched, uh, being watched by everybody except John, who she wanted to be watched by. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and and the fact that he does like he obviously Dan would do anything to be a superhero again. He. I mean, it's very clear uh, every moment he's on screen, like that he regrets stopping and he wishes he couldn't. And he has very little in his life otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, he wants very much to be watched. <laughs> what, I mean, what, what do you guys? So what do you guys think of Dan? Like, do you like him? Dan has been an odd character for me to watch because I, I've come to realize that I don't really like 
I don't really like Dan in the book all that much. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. the movie has shown me that. Um, I like Dan a little bit better here in the movie. Um, That's interesting. But it's it's weird. It's been weird to see Dan because every scene he's in, it's just he's so pathetic. Yeah. Um, it, it, every you know they they really I think do a good job of putting him in brown and brown you know scenes in all of his clothes are brown all of his surroundings are brown and just dull and depressing and um we've talked I've talked a lot about how he just wants to be an old retired guy you know he wants to be in the same kind of group as Hollis you know that's why he hangs out with him every week and um he just considers himself one of the old old retired guys and I think that's part of how he copes with being retired. Right. Um, right. Like, I mean, that's not his first choice. He'd rather not be retired at all, but but I don't know. Yeah. It's weird because it's like he, he also, he's not willing to push the boundaries like Rorschach and go out and do it anyways. No, you're right. I mean, but he, but he has a nostalgia for the simple Mm -hmm. uh, uh, ideas of his predecessor. Yeah. the, Yeah. the, The version of, of things that you hear about in uh, in the first chapter of uh, Under the Hood, where mm-hmm. he's talking about the kind of simple idea of like I wanted to to help out, and I know it sounds crazy, but I put on spandex and started helping out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and <laughs> and I think yeah, Dan is like, no, it's it's that easy, it's that easy. Um, and yeah, all like the the comedian and and Rorschach, they all complicate it for him a lot. Yeah, Eric, what about you? With uh, in terms of Dan. Well, yeah, it's 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 when he gets too nebishy, too Woody Allen esque, <laughs> <laughs> is where I probably dislike him the most, and 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 that is the that is the side that is in the book more even more pronounced there. But Patrick Wilson as the actor just can't <laughs> he, he can he can pull it off, but he is more naturally uh, more of a more of a brawny guy, really. I think more heroic. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's again, it, this it's very interesting to me that you say that because that is that is also a criticism I've had of the movie, where I I've I've often said to people that the Watchmen movie is the version of Watchmen that Dan tells himself to feel better about himself. <laughs> um, because yes, I do think he comes off a lot better in the movie because he puts on his costume and is immediate badass like two seconds later, mm, and, right? And he gets to stay being. Correct me if I'm wrong. And spoilers, he gets to stay being a superhero at the end. He's like, yeah, yeah, I just went back to being Night Owl and I'm awesome again, and I get the girl and it's great yeah um and it, and it, it and again it kind of simplifies some of the the morally amb- ambiguous stuff that he has to deal with at the end so that he can be cleaner and he can be more heroic and he can be just the, the great guy he thinks he is and um i don't i don't like him as a <laughs> i feel bad saying i don't like him as a person because i, I love know. the book that he's in so much i don't like him as a person necessarily like he is the most one of the <sighs> I think I want to say he's the most pathetic of the characters. Yeah. Like oh, he, yeah. Yeah. He, because he doesn't stand up for what he wants and he doesn't go for what he wants. It, it, it's very sad. Mm-hmm. Um, Rorschach is a terrible, awful human being, but he has a clarity of vision and, uh, and um, moral compass that is very simple and he stands by it no matter what. And a lot of people um, love him for that. And I love him for that. But not to the extent where I'm like, what a great guy Rorschach is. Mm-hmm. What a, sure. But, and I feel like a lot of people do say that. <laughs> they don't literally say what a great guy Rorschach is, but they're like, yeah, Rorschach's awesome. I'm such a fan of Rorschach. And it's like, mm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. but 
Um, but whereas Dan, none of that, none of that. He, he, they say, you got to retire. He goes, great. I guess I will. No problem. He folds immediately. Um, you know, she has to like throw herself at him for him to have a chance with her mm-hmm. because he doesn't, he's not a person who goes for, for things that he wants. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's really sad. And in the end, that's sort of what, I don't know your policy on talking about the end of the, the story. Um, generally we avoid the, like the big climax kind of stuff. Okay. Um, but you know, it's, it's, well, let me just say in the end, he goes along to get along. Sure. He doesn't make a stand mm, and he makes yeah. a certain stand, but then it's like, well, all right. The best thing to do is nothing. So, yeah. <laughs> and mm, that's, yeah, that's Dan. <laughs> it seems yeah. to me that, that, that he most, um, you know, puts himself out there and goes for things because of her. Yeah. When, 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 when she's kind of also doing that too, a little bit, or she's. Yeah. I mean, um, earlier in the movie, a couple of weeks ago, we saw he doesn't back down in the alleyway, you know, once she's by his side and once, uh, they're being confronted with the, the gang, it's like he had no problem whatsoever, just, yeah. you know, putting up a fight. So, um, yeah. absolutely. And, and you know, the, the, fir- again, I won't, get into details but the first thing that they will do back in costume is a thing that is very simple and clean and mm-hmm. easy um it's something with no moral ambiguity yeah um very straightforward i mean they're they're breaking the law by being superheroes but the actions they're taking are very simple yes of course do those things when they go uh, sorry when they go to break <laughs> rorschach out later it, they keep in his mind it's very simple I had this old partner, Rorschach, he's in trouble. I'm going to go help him. Right. But in real life, it's so much more complicated than that because we know so much more about Rorschach and how messed up he is and how <laughs> yeah. terrible he d- the things he does to people are and what he's even doing at that moment when mm-hmm. he goes and saves him. And But like Dan doesn't, Dan kind of, uh, you know, he, put, he puts on his goggles and everything is clear. <laughs> and so he doesn't have to think about those things. Sure. It's interesting. Um, yeah. Um, I... I, I like the concept, the line that he says, you know, they're, they work even better in the dark. Um, he turns the lights off and mm-hmm. it, it's sort of how like crime fighters work better, uh, more often in the dark. You know, he's, it seems more, it seems appropriate that his goggles are specifically made to be, to work best at night in the dark. And that fits with the, the tone of the movie and the, you know, none of these guys really operate in the daytime. So I like the idea that these things are specifically designed to work in the cover of night best. Yeah. You mentioned uh, Patrick Wilson um, not being necessarily uh, uh, nebbish enough to pull it off completely and, and that he's a little too heroic or too whatever. You know what I'm saying. Uh, and I kind of agree. He does a good job. He's a very good actor. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think he is able to get across that kind of pathetic Dan acting. But that said, I think I probably would have gone with someone <laughs> more naturally pathetic. That's a, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Somebody yeah, who yeah. wouldn't have to push as hard to get to that place because I don't think I would have ever allowed him to be that cool mm-hmm. as this movie does. Like this movie, um, like you, you mentioned the, the, the alley scene earlier and now, you're going to have to forgive me. I don't remember every bit of this movie. I have only seen it once, and I was like, I'm never watching that again. <laughs> um, 
I've seen like a couple of minutes of it in not including right now, but a couple of minutes of it over the years since. And every time, like a couple of minutes in, I'm like furious. And so I turn it off. But from what I remember of the alley scene, I remember it going like full on ultra violence. Like, oh, yes. Limbs snapping immediately. Like, so the first time that Dan gets back in action after how many years? Like, is it 20 years? Is it 10 years? I can't remember. Um, eight like years, eight, maybe? Yeah. Eight years? Okay. So the first time he's back in action after eight years of not being a superhero, he is like badass and is so good at it. And I think I would be like, no, we need to get somebody who's kind of like dumpy and who can do it because he pushes himself and like can win the day. But it's not going to be like, you shouldn't, I feel like you shouldn't finish that scene and be like, yeah, you should finish <laughs> that scene and be like, Oh, okay. That took a lot out of him. Yes, exactly. Yes, (laughs) yes. Like, and so, and then when he puts on the costume again, I'm not going to have him doing any crazy flips. I'm going to say he's got a little bit of a belly. Uh, You know, he's going to do what he's going to do because he's got all this tech. I mean, that's his main thing anyway, is all the tech he's got. Uh, And and I don't want you to literally laugh at him, but I want you to at least kind of be like, does he fit? Does he Mm. fit this? Yeah. And in the book, they do a good job of showing that, you know, he's he's gone a little soft around the edges. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And then even when he puts on the costume, it's a little, you know, he's still a little rounder than, <laughs> you know, than before. So he's not, you know, it is, it, you know, I, I think I've mentioned before, like here in the movie, once he puts on the suit. You know, he's basically in it for the rest of the movie, and it's you know trim fit Patrick Wilson yeah. throughout the rest of the movie. So yeah, absolutely. And that's just kind of you know they that's the the way they went with it, and I I, I can understand why um, it would have been kind of cool to see a little bit of a frumpier you know Dan in costume, but. Like a little bit more Adam West and less, uh, <laughs> less Christian Bale. Yeah. <laughs> um. Let's see. I want to talk about I, this is to me one of these uh, perfectly pleasant scenes for me. The when when he's offering to for her to try on the goggles and just the the mannerisms that that she has, and I'm I've I found that I'm really gravitating towards Lori, the Lori scenes in this movie, um, and spe- specifically the way that Malin Ackerman her delivery and. Her performance, I've I've found, um, has really grown on me this time through a lot more. I just really love the scenes with her a lot, and scenes like this. Um, just the way she she beams when, like last week, when he, he was talking about Hollis being his hero, and here the the stuff he's talking about with uh, the goggles and offering her to wear them, and the way she. You know, investigated the owl ship last week and stuff like that. So I'm really is a little bit more of that here as she's interacting with the goggles that I really really like. Absolutely. I mean, she's a very pleasant person. I mm-hmm. I know I know a lot of people say she was miscast in this. I've I've heard a lot of people say that, and I I never really was able to have a very strong opinion on that because sure. because I only watched it the one time and then didn't watch it again. So <laughs> yeah yeah. But she does. She's definitely well. Like everybody in this, she pretty much looks the part. Well, you know what? That's not everybody. Mm-hmm. I do not think Vite pulls it off. Oh, uh, okay. I don't think Adrian is well cast at all, and that I can that I can say from seeing it one time. Mm. Um, everybody else does a very good job of of looking like the character. I mean, they they spent you know, a lot of time and effort making everything look right, other than sure. the weirdness of the costumes, like I said, and. Um, yeah, I, I think she she definitely she's very uh, pleasant and smile just like uh, just like Laurie does in the scene. She pulls that off well. Yeah, 
Um, I want to talk about the she. So she puts on the goggles, and you know he offers that they like you said they they work better in the dark. So he turns the lights off, and then they go into like thermal imaging mode or night vision mode, and we have like a kind of graphic readout on the lenses, you know, from from her perspective, and on the bottom row it says uh, THW um, ID ROC. C O M I R and M R W. I can only guess that the I R is maybe infrared, and then I don't have a clue what the others stand for. Well, there's the very yeah. the very first one in front of THW uh, is L O C. Oh, I missed oh, that I, one. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to see. I it see depends it. on when you pause it mm. and how. Yeah. Then we also have uh, fingerprint ID, and I do like that it's yeah. you know she looks at her hand and she gets the fingerprints, and that brings up her profile essentially. I mean, that's, again, that's crazy technology for the mini. But this is a world where, you know, Dr. Manhattan has existed since, like, the 60s, so yeah. technology would, would have advanced. Yeah, no, that's all true. I mean, you know, when the book was made, you know, it was mm -hmm. an alternate yeah. present, obviously, yeah. rather than an alternate, you know, past or future. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they did have different technology, but it mostly focused on like their weird cigarettes or yeah. uh, the electric, electric cars. Exactly, yeah. that's the most famous one: the electric cars and the and the zeppelins. Yeah, or, yeah, or or blimps or whatever whatever they were. Um, but yeah, they didn't they didn't you know even Alan Moore didn't know about the internet. Mm. Uh, so yeah, guess, there you are. Yeah, and the computing revolution. Mm. I don't know. I definitely saw it, and I was like, wait, what? How can that be? <laughs> uh, but whatever. Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, I'm I'm into it because, like I said, with the it, the leaps in technology would be pretty pretty great. I think um, with Manhattan being around, and then even just people like Vite, you know, right. I think would be developing a lot of stuff too. So um, oh, we see uh, on the the little display it says security level sector seven. Um, this says name Lori Spechik and alias Silk Spectre. Date of birth December second, nineteen forty nine, and then it says DL and a bunch of numbers. I don't know if that means driver's license, but I don't not used to seeing driver's license with numbers and letters, so I don't know if that's mm -hmm. something else. Mine does Ohio. does it? Yeah. Oh, she 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 thirty seven. Wow. Mm -hmm. I would have thought she was younger than that. Mm hmm. Well, and that. That was kind of one of the reasons why I uh, noted this because I wanted to talk about her date of birth. And the – so here it's it literally on screen says 1949. And the film companion that's you know the official film companion put out you know by the production company indicates that, that Sally would have had her retirement dinner with the Minutemen in 53, which we see – you know, in the in the opening credits, um, putting her birth then um, in fifty four. All uh, right, well then that's a hundred percent wrong. Yeah, yeah, it, it is weird that this is a goof. Yeah, it, it's a mistake. So, you know, um, uh, according to Rich Handley's book Watching Time, her birth is uh, December second, nineteen fifty. So a year off, you know, of, of the the book. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I'm fine with the difference in ages between like the book and the movie. Like that's that's fine that they because they've played with the you know year of like Eddie Blake's birth right. and they, they, that's that's oh, totally wait, fine. Did they change that too? What did they? How did they change that? I think it jumped from like 1918 to 1924. Um, 
something like that, I think. Um, it, between the, the, the comic and the movie? Yeah, I think so. It's on the headstone. I re- the headstone, right. yeah, yeah. I remember in the comic actually doing the math because I never, I mean, oh, it, this changed the way I thought about uh, the, the, the sexual assault scene, but mm. not in a way, obviously, it goes without saying, not in a way that forgave it, but I was like, sure. oh, I, like, he did not look very young to me, but I remember at one point seeing his birthday and going, hang on, that makes him like 16 when that happened, which is yeah. super messed up. But yeah, like, in the he, book, he, he is, yeah, like a 16-year-old. Yeah, in order, I think that's also in an effort to keep him younger in the 80s so mm-hmm. that he's not a zillion years old. <laughs> right. He's only 10 years less than a zillion years old. Yeah. yeah. So they made him older in the movie? I think so. I've, I've, it's been a while since I've looked up you know, that, but yeah, sorry, I, sorry. I, I know that the ages are slightly different, so. Yeah, that's that's weird. I, that's, I guess that's just a, yeah, just a, they just made a mistake in this one. Yeah. Yeah. That's a bummer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And this is the director's cut. Man, they should have caught mm. it and fixed it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm at the and top what do you of think those... Oh, yeah. I was, that's what I was about to ask. What do you think yeah. those things at the top are? E and P. E and P. Yeah, I don't know. And they're constantly moving. Mm-hmm. Like, like whatever it is, the, things are changing constantly in those E and P meters, and I just don't know what that means. Yeah. I tried to... To look and see, like as he talks, if they're you know reacting in a certain way, like it's a uh, like audio spikes. Like I can I can look on my mixer here in front of me as I'm talking, the bars you know right react. So I thought maybe they were that, but I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. So, ah well. I don't know. Um, the the list the listeners can uh, you know let us know what they think they are over on the uh, the Facebook group. See if I've got anything else um, for there was this. also a risk level five. I oh, think that's right. Five, for yeah. Sure. That was a little. Do we get another view from the goggles uh, later in the movie when he's wearing yes. the costume? We do. Yeah. Oh no no no! I thought you meant. Uh, I think in next in tomorrow's minute we'll get another. You know this this scene we'll get. Oh no! I I meant like a tactical, no. like an actual, you know, real thing where we could see the the villains mm. or something that he's. That would be really cool, but mm-hmm. no. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it, Snyder. You yeah. dropped the ball. <laughs> it's okay. It's all good. Uh, another thing I think he dropped the ball on, though, too, was, you know, and you've said it a couple times, I think, is, what you know, uh, the view that she has before he turns the lights off, mm. you know, that, mm-hmm. that's remarked upon, you know? Okay, that, that's, that's yeah. cool. She says that's, the, you know, these rock. Yeah. But we don't see what that looks like. At that point, I mean, what what, what is it? That, why is it that they rock? Then? Everything's green. That? Green's my yeah. favorite color. Yeah. This is awesome. I assume they're just like you know those HD sunglasses that are like mm. you know it, she's probably seeing just everything slightly you know crisper than the normal. I don't know. That's really funny. That's a that's a really that's a really good point. Yeah, and and very much well. Very much one of those things of like, yeah, they clearly weren't thinking about it. <laughs> they just did it without really thinking. Uh, and that's not, I, again, a lot of things do that. It's it could also be that that she's wearing these goggles and probably feels a little silly and he's really excited about it. <laughs> so she says, oh, these rock before these she understands awesome. that there's a technological aspect to them. And like she hasn't – it's kind of like um, – 
Hmm. When someone, I don't know, I'm trying to think of an example, like someone shows you something and you said, oh, that's really cool. And you're like, no, that's that's not what it is. It, it's this. And then you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, it's know. even cooler now. Yeah. You were uh, just you were just appeasing them. You were just going, yeah, mm-hmm. cool. It's really awesome. Great. So like uh, anyway. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting that uh, this is a really dumb thing, but I think it's interesting that uh, they like made the technology of him turning off the lights way simpler than it was in the comic. Uh, he, they're just like, we're going to give him a real old light switch. And oh, yeah. Use that. Click. Whereas in the comic, they're very specifically, he's like showing off how he has this awesome, like, high tech. I can turn off lights with this thing. Because <laughs> <laughs> which, again, not necessary. I can understand why they wouldn't use that. But it's mm. funny to me that they went from from one end of the spectrum of like high tech light switch to it's just an old light switch. Like, sure. <laughs> It makes a loud clunking noise. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. It's like a breaker that he's yeah. almost tripping. Right. Uh, oh, well, mm. poor Dan. Poor pathetic Dan trying to impress yep. her. And, uh, yeah, he just wants that simplicity, that simplicity mm-hmm. of being a hero and not having to think hard about things. Uh, the biggest last thing I'd, I'd, ta- I'd like to point out is that this minute, to me, encapsulates <laughs> this this meta commentary on on the movie and the name of the name of the movie and the name of the group in this movie uh there's all this watching and stuff mm-hmm. going on all this sight stuff and puns and so forth happening uh sure yeah yeah, yeah. the watching i can, uh, I can dig it. With it uh jordan why don't you mm-hmm. tell us uh kind of where you're from and what you do well uh i am a comic book editor uh, I work at Marvel Comics. I currently am the editor of the X-Men line. I oversee the whole thing with a few people working under me. Um, I Before that, I did the Star Wars line. Uh, I also still do the Guardians of the Galaxy line. And I've worked on Deadpool for many years uh, before this. I've worked on oh a ton, a ton of comics at Marvel. I've been there just about 11 years, I think. Mm. Um, and I, I've loved comic books my entire life. I, uh, I don't remember not knowing what a comic book was and not knowing comic books. Uh, my father got me into them before I can remember. And that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And they've been a huge part of my life. I, uh, there was a, a brief period where I, I wasn't collecting comics, uh, f- which would have been end of high school, beginning of college. Mm-hmm. But then when I got together with my, with my now wife, uh, the opposite of what normally happens when people get together with their wives happened, which is that we both got each other more into comics. <laughs> uh, we, we, we both turned each other onto the comics that each other read that the others didn't. And we oh, wow. started buying like twice as many comics, if not more. <laughs> uh, she got me into strangers in paradise mm-hmm. uh, and I got her into savage dragon and uh, everything got crazy from there. And eventually I, I was buying all, not literally every book Marvel and DC were publishing, but almost every book Marvel and DC were publishing. And I knew I wanted to get into the industry. And thankfully, uh, the time came. We moved to New York City and I applied and I was able to get an assistant editor job at Marvel and been working my way up ever since. That is awesome. And, and you said it, it, Marvel? Uh, I'll have to look yeah. look them up. I, I'm not familiar with Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're 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 little they're, little company little in, indie comic uh, company. They're hanging in there. They're okay. hanging in there. Uh, well, good luck. Good luck to you and and Marvel. Then you can get your local shop to special order stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, and uh, 
I will. I, uh, oh, in addition, I should say, I also do my own podcast, which is called Sailor Business, and it's all about Sailor Moon, uh-huh. uh, which has nothing to do with Watchmen, but it's <laughs> awesome. It's another one of my great uh, fictional loves is Sailor Moon. Probably the number one is Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Watchmen is probably number two. Right after that would be Sailor Moon. Very cool. Spider-Man's yeah. my number one as well. He's just the best. I've often said that I think Spider-Man is my religion. Like, and I know because I'm super not religious, super not religious when it comes to organized religion. But I love Spider-Man. And I feel whenever uh, people talk to me about religion and why they love it, um, which is fine for them, the thing, a lot of the things that they say they get from it, I get from Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> like, I've learned so much from him. And I, I feel like I, comic books ha- taught me how to be a good person. Uh, so there you are. Not Watchmen, Spider-Man. <laughs> Very important to note. <laughs> Good distinction. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, that is all very cool. And uh, can you uh, come back tomorrow for uh, minute 112? Oh, jeez. 24 hours from right now? <laughs> uh, yeah, give or take. 23 and a half. 23 and a half? That makes it easier, so yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, then uh, then we will say goodbye for today and come back tomorrow. But until then, who watches The Watchmen? We do. We do. Watchmen are over. <laughs>